In episode 429, Nick is joining me on the show and we are answering all of your burning health, fitness, water and food questions. We dive deep, so get your pen and paper ready as we share everything we are currently loving and doing, all related to health. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Guess what, my beautiful friend? My fourth book, Comparisonitis, How to Stop Comparing Yourself to Others and Be Genuinely Happy is out right now. Number one, New York Times bestselling author and social media sensation Jay Shetty said, never before has a book been more needed. Future generations will thank Melissa for shining a spotlight on comparisonitis. And multiple New York Times bestselling author Gabby Bernstein said, since Melissa refers to people who have recovered from comparisonitis as unicorns, I suppose that makes this a sort of unicorn training manual. I'm so grateful that such a manual has arrived. It's been infinitely helpful to me. Head to comparisonitis.com or Amazon to get your copy today. Welcome back to the show. Ah, it's great to be here, darling. It's been a while. Has it? How long has it been? Mm, not sure. Since the last one. It feels like a while, though. We've had a lot of great feedback on the episodes we've been doing together, so, and we sort of judge that by the number of DMs and shares that we see, and downloads, of course, so thank you for everyone who's tuned into the previous episodes of Melissa and I, chatting about all sorts of stuff, so I'm um, looking forward to diving in. Yes, it's going to be a goodie. We are diving deep into health, fitness, food, water, all things that arena today, which is very exciting. And topics we love. Yes. But before we dive in, how are you? What's new and good in your life right now? Well, my darling, I'm afraid you missed one question. Oh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I'm still worthy of that question, you know. Yeah, sorry, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I had a really big green juice, and the green juice was celery, cucumber, tiny bit of green apple, lots of different herbs like parsley, coriander, mint. What else goes in there? Cucumber. Cucumber. Lemon. Lemon. Ginger. Mm, Yeah. It was delicious. And lettuce. Lettuce as well. Organic cold pressed. And then I actually, because what I like to do on Monday mornings is I like to skip breakfast. I like to try and skip lunch on Mondays too, but we had leftover curry from last night and the curry was so good. My mum made it for an early birthday and I was like, you know what? I'm going in. It was so good. It was so good. And I had, and I don't usually do this, but sometimes on Mondays I have just fruit. And that is because we go to the organic farmer's markets on Sunday and we have so much delicious produce. And because it's organic, like our raspberries, they don't last very long. So you kind of, I ate a whole punnet of raspberries this morning for breakfast and two mangoes and two bananas. (laughs) That was my breakfast. (laughs) The bananas were so cute. They're little monkey bananas. They're and they delicious. are so good. And that's one of the benefits of going to farmer's markets because 
you find produce you'll never see in shops. Mm. You'll never see monkey bananas. Yeah, ever. so delicious. So, so good. That was our breakfast. To add one more thing to that, I actually threw in some ketone esters. What are ketone esters? <laughs> she, like she lives with me, obviously, and has no idea I even did that. No, I do. I know you take all sorts of potions and perfumes and whatever you do. <laughs> I drink perfume. <laughs> potions and supplements and yeah, magic things. I'm always experimenting. He's but... always got concoctions going on the kitchen bench, always. Yeah, so the ketone esters. I'm just experimenting. I'm not trying to go into ketosis. Trust me. Been there, done that, won't go there again. But I am just experimenting with skipping a meal, putting ketone esters in. You can look up ketone esters, E-S-T-E-R-S, and you'll see what they are. Basically, an exogenous ketone. So you're taking ketones from the outside in and seeing what impact that has on my focus and my fuel and that sort of stuff. So Because I was up pretty early, like quarter to five, went to the beach, did breath work on the beach, went for a walk, picked up heaps of rubbish. You're a drives good me human. Nuts. Drives me nuts, the rubbish on the beach. Thank you for doing that on behalf of all of us. Had a swim, went to the sauna, made love. Oh, <laughs> so it was a busy morning. So anyway, what's anyway, new and good? What is new and good, honey, in your life right now? What's new and good? Um, well, I am very deep into my second album. It just takes a lot longer when you're not in the same room as people. Like in the first album, I would do a song every three days because you're just there and you just do it. In the music studio you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's all done via FaceTime and Zoom and stuff and these remote plugins and all these sorts of things. Which so, is pretty cool. Oh, it's amazing. Because you're I'm, working with producers in LA, which is just amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. And the songs, I'm really, really proud of the songwriting, but it just takes a long time. So if anyone who l- does listen to my music and is waiting for an album, thank you for your patience, your patience. Tell them about Anobi. Yeah, so I've got a new project coming up called Anobi and the story behind the name is kind of funny. I'd never put this on my profile on Spotify because I would not be a cool kid, but I'll tell you guys because you know me. But my initials, Nicholas Oliver Broadhurst, stands for knob, <laughs> which is a bit embarrassing. And I was trying to find a name for this new project that meant something, just not like some random name, me trying to be like some cool kid. And Enobi came out, which is E-N-O-B-E, Enobi which I quite liked actually. And it has meaning because it's my initials, but sort of. But basically I found myself writing a lot of pop and dance music. It was naturally coming out of me because of my, you know, my past, my pre, like I was obviously in Sneaky Sound System many years ago, came from this electronic dance space. I grew up playing jazz and all this sort of stuff and decided to launch a project that's a lot more up-tempo, dancey, fun. The first single is called Uncomfortable. It will come out early 2022. It's really fun. So there'll be Nick Broadhurst and Enobi on Spotify. So stay tuned. So more music from you, which is amazing. Yes. And the other thing is my novel is getting close to being finished, which is fun. I'm 50,000 words now into 60,000. And then we'll go through a pretty rigorous editing process and, and we'll see how long it takes to get out. Because I'll tell you what, the publishing process is really slow. So I'm trying to find a way to get it out quicker. So we'll you see. You could self-publish. Well, yeah, I could, but I want to be on the back of buses and billboards. Mm, the book. Yeah. Yeah, the book is amazing. Have you told them a little bit about this novel, this fiction novel that you're writing? I don't know if I have, but I will. So basically when Melissa and I met, before we were kind of dating, we just had caught up for some yoga and meditation on the beach, as you do. And we decided to journal our own experiences, what we were experiencing, just connecting with each other. And so we had this masculine 
perspective and this feminine perspective. And the reason we did this was because we would sit for a minimum three hours, four hours, five hours and talk and just go really deep. This was our first dates. And we would both walk away from these interactions, mind blown, feeling so cracked open in such an amazing way that we both just wanted to journal about the experience we'd just had with each other. Yeah, it was really cool. So we did it for about four months and we were reading it back and it was so compelling to read because it was really honest and really raw. And it was written in a way that could be released. It was sort of journal entries, but, you know, like well-written journal entries. And so we decided to put it up online as an anonymous blog, right? And it just had these separate journal entries. I won't tell you what the name is, but it was totally anonymous. And if you guys know SEO, if you put a website up that hasn't got like a specific niche or target, for anyone to find that is near impossible. And it was near impossible for people to find this. And somehow people did. We never shared it. Somehow it got found and it started getting subscribers. And I'm like, and so many visits. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Which showed us that people were interested in this content. So we took it down and I thought, okay, I'm going to just park that for now. And when the time is right, we'll do something. And we didn't know what it was, did we? Mm. We thought we might write something together. But then Melissa got pregnant and I was like, you know what? This is going to be my first book. Yeah, he said, do you want to write this with me? I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm having a holiday. (laughs) Yeah, which has been good actually because it's allowed me to just create this entire world based on these journal entries. Now, it is fictionalized, but it's inspired by the journal entries. And um, it's kind of a cross between Star is Born with Fifty Shades of Grey. It's got a lot of racy, beautiful sex scenes in it. Not a lot, but some really cool ones. And a bit of like untethered soul, spiritual, very subtly. Or like eat, pray, love. Yeah, it's kind of dotted through there very, very gently. So, I mean, when I read it, I get goosebumps. So I hope it's good. But It's amazing. I'm so excited for people to read it. So you've been working on that. What else is new and good in your world right now? Well, we've been, well, I've been deep in the crypto space for a long time now, but even deeper lately because the market's going through somewhat of a big surge up and downs all over the place, which is the beauty of crypto. And we, a couple of months ago, shared with our audience something called the plan. And the plan was a way to get involved in crypto in a way that's extremely safe, but maximizes your profits. And, you know, people were kind of like, my gosh, like, why is Melissa sharing crypto, you know, at first? And somewhat controversially, but the amazing thing is we received so many. When I, when I say so many, like, I mean, so many messages. DMs, emails of gratitude. gratitude. Thanks for sharing this program. And it's been pretty life-changing for a lot of people already. And tomorrow, I believe, when this podcast comes out the day after, we will be doing another webinar on the plan and offering some pretty awesome support with that. You can actually follow what I'm doing, my live portfolio, everything. And I'll be doing some live calls, but also you can enroll in the plan. And it is hands down one of the most life-changing things you could ever do financially. So if you are interested in crypto and you want to experiment, head to... melissaramasini.com forward slash the plan. It's very, very exciting, guys. Can't wait to see what you think. Melissa, enough about me. What have you been up to? What's new and good in your world other than our beautiful, gorgeous little pixie fairy girl? Ah, she is definitely good. She is a dream boat. I love 
being a mum so much. I had no idea I would love it this much. Yeah, you do love it. I love being a mum. It has been, and I said this to you the other day, the biggest coming home, like the biggest yeah. Ah, yeah, that's exhale. What you said. Yeah. You feel it like yourself. Feels, yeah, I feel like, oh, like that last piece of my puzzle. Not the last piece of my puzzle, but... Very big piece. A very big piece of my life puzzle clicked into place. So I have absolutely loved being a mum so much so far. It's just brought me so much joy. So that's definitely good. I am continuously getting messages of gratitude for comparisonitis, which I launched earlier this year, and all of my books, actually. I get DMs and emails every day, which I'm so grateful for, sharing how my books have changed people's lives. And I just want to thank everyone who has written a review and who shares with me how much it's changed their life. I'm really grateful. So continuously promoting comparisonitis, which is my latest book, and the podcast. This just continues to grow and grow and grow and the downloads go higher and higher, which is just amazing. So I'm loving doing that and just loving being a mum and being a wife and being a friend. You've also been refining your whole world, really, in terms of how you operate day to day. Do you want to speak to that? A hundred percent. So for those of you that are mothers, you will know that when you give birth, to your child, you also give birth to a new edition of yourself. You go through what is called matrescence. And it is one of the biggest physical and spiritual upgrades of your life. And so, yeah, I've been reevaluating everything. And it's almost like having a baby is a huge clearing out because you simply do not have space for anything that doesn't light you up and doesn't serve you. So there's been lots of clearing out. There's been lots of upgrades, been lots of reworking how I work in my day and everything, which has been amazing. It's been awesome. Awesome, baby. So that's what I have been up to. Do you want to dive in now? Yes. Let's dive into the questions. What's up first? Now, just so everyone knows, we went out to my Instagram story family and these were the questions that came in. So thank you to everyone who sent in a question. We are so grateful and cannot wait to answer them for you. So first up, how do you take control and just stop trashing your body? I'm desperate to break the cycle. Mm. I can hear so many people relate to this question. Oh, this is huge. I mean, of course, I think there's varying degrees of trashing your body, right? Because as you go down the spectrum or up the spectrum of awareness and body awareness and health, 20 years ago, it might have been going out and getting drunk, right? That's trashing your body or doing drugs or something like that's trashing your body. Now it might be just like I overate, had too many chocolates. That's trashing my body for me now personally, right? Yeah. So there's various... There's there's a spectrum. There's a spectrum. Exactly. But one thing, when I saw this question, it made me think of something that I just love. And that is Seventh-day Adventists. And the Seventh-day Adventists believe, and please, if you are Seventh-day Adventists, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my understanding, that you believe that you come back each lifetime with the same body, the same physical body. So a huge part of Seventh-day Adventism is to take care of your beautiful body. And treat it like a temple. And they do. They really do, right? I mean, the majority do. And If you look at the blue zones, this has been super fascinating because one of the blue zones, and the blue zones, you can check out an episode that Melissa did with Dan Butner, and we'll link to it in the show notes at melissaamrosina.com forward slash 429. 
But blue zones are essentially areas of the world where people live the longest and with the least disease. That in a nutshell, okay? One of those areas is Loma Linda, California, which is inhabited by Seventh-day Adventists. So this is a group of people who are living in a very modern world with the same stresses and mortgages and jobs and pollution and all that sort of stuff as most people listening to this show. And I find that super relevant because it's really hard to compare ourselves to someone living in Ikaria, Greece, which is a beautiful island. It's a different lifestyle, right? But they have decades and decades and decades of their own records of their population keeping track of the health of their population because it's such a priority for them. They've got their own hospital and they do things their way. And what you see in that population is that there is a stepwise increase in morbidity, which means an increase in death rates essentially from all causes once you move up the spectrum from vegan to omnivore. So the vegans of Loma Linda, California, live longer than the vegetarians. The vegetarians live longer than the omnivores. Now, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just sharing with you some really interesting data because that does come from the Seventh-day Adventists and they believe in taking care of their body. So I found that just beautiful, right? And they've got things they do in their life which protects them, such as being plant-based, such as every Saturday being in nature as a community, taking time away from technology, all these sorts of things. So what do you think about that? We could definitely learn a lot from them. And I know, I think that's a really important point to mention that there are varying degrees of trashing your body, like you said. And I think for me, one of the biggest ways that I have stopped trashing my body the way that I used to was having my health crisis in 2010 and having my health taken away from me really did make me appreciate health And it's, you know, often when you get sick, you go, oh, I'll never take for granted feeling good again. But we don't want to get sick or have a health crisis to have gratitude for our temple. And I think one of the biggest things that you can do to shift from trashing your body to loving your body, it's a mindset shift. And you need to stop looking at your body like it is just this body and remember that it is a temple and you only get one in this lifetime. We don't know how long we're here for, and we have to treat it with love and respect. People treat their cars better than they treat their own bodies sometimes, or their belongings better than they treat their bodies. And I think it's a massive mindset shift. And when you can shift from, this is just a vehicle, to this is my temple, you will treat your body very differently. I think as well, a key part of that is meditating, because When you develop an awareness of all things, that includes an awareness of your health. So if you are new to meditation, we always recommend that you start with the app, One Giant Mind, and start the 30-day challenge, which is a Vedic meditation challenge. And it's, you get given a very powerful mantra that you get to use, and that can change everything, really. Another great app is Insight Timer. There's some beautiful meditations on there, and some of my meditations are on there. So just go to Insight Timer and search Melissa Ambrosini and you can check out some of my guided meditations and we'll link to that and One Giant Mind in the show notes for you. But you're right, meditation just helps with everything. So what if we then, just coming back to Seventh-day Adventists, what if we actually, all of us, you, me, everyone listening said, you know what, I'm going to treat my body the same way that Seventh-day Adventists do. Let's say that they are right. Let's say that we do actually come back with a physical body. Let's live like that. Let's live from that place. What would you do differently today 
if that was your belief? How would you move your body? How would you fuel your body? What time would you go to bed? Would you meditate? Yeah, what water would you drink? How much would you drink? You know, what would you do for the first hour of each morning? It can change a lot. Yeah. It can change a lot. So, and again, it comes down to core values as well. We have to also acknowledge that it's just not a core value for everyone. It's just not. Health. Health. Mm. It just isn't. Otherwise, there wouldn't be people who pull into service stations and drink and buy Red Bull, Mm. right? Because that clearly is not a core value, right? So we also have to acknowledge not everyone is going to ever be at that point. And that's cool. Mm. That's cool. Absolutely. So I hope that helps. Next question. What is your number one tip for optimal health? Now, I personally couldn't pick just one. I have four, but I'm curious to hear what you think. But I guess my number one tip, well, one of mine is definitely meditation. Getting eight hours of sleep every night and just getting to sleep at a reasonable hour and making sure that that's a priority and eating chemical-free real food is definitely another one, and drinking clean water. So they're my four tips for optimal health. What about you? I mean, I totally agree. And we've spoken a lot about sleep on this show. I know you have whole episodes dedicated to it. I think sleep is one of the lowest hanging pieces of fruit you can actually do for your health. I know for me personally, if I have a late night, I look older in the morning. What does that tell you? That's accelerated aging. That's inflammation, right? So if that can happen in one night, what happens when you do it over a year or two years or five or 10 or 20 or maybe 40 or 50 years, right? That really adds up. It's I mean, the fastest way to age yourself. One of the fastest ways. Totally. And obviously people know that we are plant-based, right? But we don't say everyone has to be plant-based. It's unrealistic. It's a totally personal decision. But we do believe that plant predominant is a very, very good idea. And you can just do that by, I mean, even just start with a plant-based breakfast. Just make that one shift. But eating more vegetables, like a good rainbow selection of vegetables every day, three, six, nine cups, whatever you can get in that feels good to you, that's a huge step in the right direction for your health. I think food probably is going to be the thing that moves the needle the most. And the quickest. I think so. I think food is where it's at. So whole foods, predominantly plants. What you do with that last 10%, it's up to you right? But if you do decide to eat animal products, then please make sure that it is sustainably done, right? So if you can eat fish, for example, you may find that aura king salmon, that's O-R-A, king salmon in New Zealand is actually much better than lion caught, for example, or wild caught. It's more sustainable and they're very healthy. There's things you can look into if you are going to choose animal products. Okay. What do you guys do for dental health? Because this is such a big piece of the holistic health puzzle and often something that gets skipped over and not taken very seriously. But digestion starts in our mouth. Our gut health, it all begins in our mouth. And I've done an entire episode on this with Nadine Artemis. That was episode 28 way back then. And I'll link to that in the show notes for you. If you haven't listened to that episode, it is all about dental health. It's such a great episode. I refer back to her book often. I did her, I think it's an eight-step protocol for a really long time. And now I've got my own version of it. But for me personally, I have had receding gums and I even had a gum graft. 
and it did nothing. It did not work. It was a waste of money and a waste of my time. And often gum grafts do not work. I wish I had have known that, but I didn't at the time. And it's all a learning. So now I take very, very good care of my mouth because like I said, that is where your digestion starts. So I have a protocol that I do every night and it goes like this. We have this thing called a water pick. You can Google it. It basically is kind of like a floss and it gets rid of all of the gunk in between your teeth. And then I brush with a toxic-free toothpaste and we have this amazing tooth powder that we just got, which I'll let Nick tell you about. And we make our own toothpaste sometimes and sometimes we don't. And then we've also got this essential oil tooth tonic. So I put all of that on my toothbrush and I brush with an electric toothbrush. Then after that, I floss with toxic-free floss. I use a brand called Noosa Basics, actually, and I think it's got charcoal on it, so it's really good. And then I use my tongue scraper, uh, which is an Ayurvedic detox technique. And then I use a mouthwash that we make that has a whole bunch of essential oils in it, some hydrogen peroxide, and some other goodness. And that is my nighttime mouth protocol. Mm. Yeah, I did an episode on this on my podcast a long time ago with one of the most simple tips you can do. So let's say you're just like, you know what? I ain't going to do any of that because I can't be bothered. Okay, cool. Well, do this one thing. And I promise you, you'll wake up going, oh my gosh, my mouth feels so much more fresh. Don't smell like a... Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was really simple. It was literally getting a bit of water in your mouth and one or two drops of an essential oil blend and just swishing it around and gargling it for like 30 seconds to a minute, spitting it out, and that's it. And that blend is a blend, well, there's lots of different types. You can use On Guard from doTERRA. You can use Thieves from Young Living. But in case you guys want to know what that recipe is, I'm going to give you the Thieves blend recipe right now. You ready? It's a really simple recipe, which has been widely known. I probably have this story a bit wrong, but Anyway, the gist of it is during the plague, the Black Plague, there were thieves who were going around the dead bodies and they were able to basically steal jewellery and these sorts of things off the the bodies, but they weren't getting sick. And when they got arrested, they were asked, well, I think they were told that if they told them the secret as to why they weren't getting sick, they would be let off. And they had these bits of material around their mouths, around their face, that was shielding them from breathing in essentially the plague, and they said, what is on that? And it was a blend of different essential oils, hence the name Thieves. So don't correct me, actually, because it's probably totally wrong, but it's close enough to the story. And here is a blend for you you can make at home. 40 drops of cinnamon leaf oil, 35 drops of lavender oil, 25 drops of eucalyptus oil, 20 drops of lemon, 20 drops of frankincense, 15 drops of clove, and 10 drops of rosemary oil. Put that into a little jar, whatever, and that is a really powerful thing to just swish around your mouth at night. And I promise you, it will make a huge difference in the way you wake up in the morning. And I try to get Melissa to do it every night and I jump up and down. So instead I made a mouthwash for her that has hydrogen peroxide and thieves or on guard in it, which she uses every night. And tell us about the powder that we recently got. Yeah. So I found out about a uh, tooth whitening system, actually, from Primal Life Organics, which you can go to Melissa's shop and find, or you can go to the show notes and you'll see a link to it. But it's an LED tooth whitening system, and the stuff you put on your teeth, you can eat it. It's super clean, right? And I found out about that from Dave Asprey and JPC and a few people. So I started using that, but part of 
one of those things on there is a red light therapy, which actually, Melissa, would be great for your gums. You just put the red light on and it just totally improves the health of your gums and microbiome of your mouth, right? It's pretty cool. But one of their products is also a, it's called Dirty, I think it's called Dirty Mouth Powder. All it is is bentonite clay and a few different things. And you just brush for a couple of minutes and it remineralizes your teeth and also keeps them super clean. So that's been really cool. And you'll find that as well in Primal Life Organics. We'll link to it in the show notes. Another tip I learned from Nadine Artemis on my episode with her, episode number 28, was getting dental floss and putting therapeutic grade tea tree oil or cinnamon oil. And she's got a couple of her favorite, she mentions in her book, her favorite mouth oils that help fight bacteria. And so you could just rub tea tree or cinnamon along the dental floss before you floss. And then that gets in between every tooth. Yeah. And Nadine Artemis and her brand, Living Libations. Living Libations. Her products are amazing. She has a gum serum. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a gum serum and it's got sea buckthorn and a few things in it. It's amazing. And that's a really great thing to just rub on your gums after you brush your teeth. So yeah, heaps of great tips there. Guys, get yourself a water pick. Holy moly, those things, I've been using them since I was 10 or maybe earlier, so like over 30 years. Fun fact for you, Nick's dad is a retired holistic dentist. Yeah, and he was using them literally when I was a little kitty. Yeah, and so he got us onto the water pick. It just feels gross without using it. Mm. When you start using it, you're like, oh my gosh. How have I lived with all this stuff in my teeth? Yeah. And check out Nadine Artema's Living Libations website. Her products are so beautiful. They're so amazing. So I hope that helps your dental hygiene. Okay, next question. How have your bodies changed over the years? Hmm, good question. I mean, things do change. It's interesting. I was speaking about this with some friends the other morning. There's a bunch of guys we decided to catch up once a week, 6 a.m., go for a run, do some breath work, share, you know, what we're moving through, challenges, how we can support each other. It's really beautiful. Go for a swim. And as we were walking back, we were speaking about health and fitness and my birthday's coming up. So we're chatting about age. And I said to them, you know what? I have this dead set belief, not just something I tell myself, but an absolute rock solid belief that every year I'm getting better, healthier, stronger, younger, right? I don't sort of just make it up. It's weird. It's like literally this beautiful belief I've got. I think that's a really important thing to look at is what is your belief around your body when it comes to aging, essentially. I know that Bambi, when I'm 60, she's going to be how old? 17, something, 18. And so I want to be running her around and kicking her butt at everything at 60 and 70 and possibly 80. You know, my dad is amazing for 80 years old. So I've got great role models, but how's my body changed? Um, I don't know how to answer that really. I feel like it's more of a mindset thing. It's more of awareness. I think, I mean, both of our bodies have changed, obviously. Like we're healthier than, well, I personally feel healthier, stronger than ever before. I look at my body in my early 20s and I was incredibly inflamed. You've seen photos of me in my early 20s. Basically, most of my 20s, I was inflamed because I was eating gluten and dairy, not knowing that it was not supporting my body. And I wasn't aware of health to the degree that I am now. So I was really puffy, very, very, very puffy and inflamed. And so my body's definitely changed. And I truly feel the healthiest, the strongest, and the fittest that I've ever felt. And I've just had a baby and I feel the best that I've ever felt. And I, I believe too, like what you said, babe, 
as we go up in age, that you can get better and better and stronger and stronger and healthier and healthier. That's our personal belief. And we know people that are, you know, in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and they have this, oh, that's just what happens when you get old. Oh, you just get glasses or you just get a sore back. No, thanks. I'm not subscribing to that narrative. If you want to subscribe to it, go for it. But I am not subscribing to that. I want to be able to still do the splits when I'm 100. My nana, before she passed away, she could still touch her toes, no worries. She was doing yoga at 96. Yeah, well, not not so much then, but she was, she would have been one of the pioneers of yoga in this country. Like she was doing it. She didn't actually like teach it or anything, but she was doing it privately in the, gosh, 40s or 50s or something. I don't know, a long, long time ago. And what age did she pass again? 96. 96, that's she right. Would have, she would have lasted yeah. so much longer if she hadn't gone into aged care and just mistreatment and, yeah. That's another whole story. That happens a lot, unfortunately. But I think just check your narrative around what happens to your body when you go up in the scale of age. I think one of the other beliefs is that you get stiff and inflexible as you get older. I am more flexible now than when I was a professional dancer, mm. when I did it as a profession. And that goes to show just how inflamed I was. I am now so much more flexible. You probably had tight hamstrings from all those can-can kicks on the uh, at Moulin Rouge, didn't you? <laughs> Definitely. You had a torn hamstring, didn't you? Oh, I danced the whole of my contract at the Moulin Rouge on a torn hamstring. I was in agony every day of my life. You were popping painkillers every day, weren't you? Every day, yep. Yeah. And those creams, back then there was like this bright blue muscle cream that I would have to rub on, kind of like a deep heat but a toxic, something toxic that was fluoro blue. <laughs> that I would rub on my hamstring before every show. And then I would soak in, not Epsom salts, because I didn't know about Epsom salts, but some other gl- blue crystal powder thing when I got home that was mm. just full of junk. Yummy. Yeah, so good. I didn't know. I think one thing we can all look at is mobility and flexibility, because it's not just about being flexible, it's about mobility through different ranges of motion. And so one thing I've really honed in on in the last few months is mobility. So my Morning routine includes various things, but one of those things is about 20 minutes of mobility work. And also my, actually the next question will cover this, but also some stretching. But mobility is huge. I think taking care of your body, like going to the gym and doing weights, yeah, great. But when you have a flexible, open body, it reflects in your mind. You have a flexible, open mind. I agree. And if you do some yoga or some stretching before bed, I promise you, you'll wake up feeling so much better. Honestly, I don't take my own medicine here. I actually just get into bed and read. Sometimes you stretch. Sometimes I do. And he's like, come and stretch with me. And I'm like, no, I'm going. Because she's out straight <laughs> away. Out. So Like just, I've got five minutes and I'm out. It just totally demotivates me. <laughs> <laughs> so, But I feel, honestly, I'd say, what, 50% better in the morning if I stretch. Yeah. And if I roll or do the oh. Theragun, we'll link to the Theragun in the show notes. If I do that before bed... I feel so much, I think I sleep a lot better as well. Yeah. So get into your mobility, right? Not just strength and walking and swimming and all that. Get into mobility. That's health span. Absolutely. And this kind of links to the next question. What are your current workout routines? 
So for me personally, this has obviously changed and it changes all the time. Now that I'm a mama, it's very different. So I work out with my girlfriends and a trainer every Monday morning. I've just done it this morning and it's so much fun. We just have a ball and we dance and we laugh and we sing. It's just the best fun. And we do actually work out. My trainer, Kiri, will probably say that that is not true, but we do. We do work out because I'm sore the next day. So I do that once a week. I do some walking with Bambi and I just do 10 minutes in the morning, every other morning of some yoga. I don't know if you would call it yoga. It's kind of like I'll pick up Bambi, have a little play, I'll go back down, do a downward dog. It's yeah, it's like yeah, a it's mum movement. version of it's yoga. Movement. And it's that's the important thing. Yeah. You're you're aware of it and you do it. Yes. And consistently. Yes. And I think for me, I know right now what my weak spots are that I need to strengthen. So new mama alert, sore wrists, sore forearms, sore upper back from holding a baby. So I'm working with my osteo to really strengthen those muscles in my arms specifically and working with my trainer on that as well. So that's what I'm currently doing. Will it change? Most likely. And that's the beauty of just going with the flow and feeling into what feels right for you in the moment. Going with the flow, but being consistent. I'm definitely consistent. You're very consistent. Yeah, for me, I actually tweaked a bit today, actually. So starting a new routine on the beach in the morning, which includes a soft sound run. I really wanted to experiment with increasing hormone response earlier in the morning, like 5am getting up, going for a run, these sorts of things. But I had been training, and if you'd see me on Instagram, I had shared a bit, training more traditional strength training. And I was doing very, very simple workout, which is highly, highly effective and consists of two different workouts, an A and a B split. And the lifts that you're doing are squats, reverse barbell rows, military press, deadlift, and pull-ups, right? Big compound movements. Now, I know genetically, my body's not really built for strength training, but I like the way it makes me look and feel, which might be vanity, but I just do. But I noticed that I was losing mobility big time, especially in the splits, like in the pancake position. I was like, oh, I've lost like 10 centimeters here. So that made me stop and go, I need to think about this differently. I did heaps of research on what was next for me. And I had this, luckily, this beautiful collection of kettlebells, which I hadn't actually used much because I was doing barbells and dumbbells and stuff. I found a guy called Mike Salemi. And if you guys are familiar with Paul Check, Paul Check just raves about Mike Salemi and his mastery of kettlebells. And he was world champion in various kettlebell disciplines. And he's got a beautiful program called Kettlebell Lifestyle. And it includes morning routines, breath work, and warming up warming in, which is a pull check concept, stretching, and it's got the workouts and he builds you up really slowly. So I've had to really surrender into that because I like to lift heavy weight and feel strong, but he's taken me right back to the basics and very light work to condition the body before I get into like kettlebell swings and these sorts of things. And the great thing about kettlebells is that when you use those, you will put your body into positions that you must have mobility for, otherwise you can't do them, right? So I'm super excited. I'm about a month into kettlebell lifestyle. It's a fairly expensive program. It's 497 US, but hey, it's your health. So that's what I'm doing. I'm really, really enjoying it and stay tuned. Mm, thanks for sharing. Okay. Best tools to reduce anxiety. Okay. So anxiety is not something that you've actually experienced a lot of in your life, is it? I had anxiety when Leo's mum was anxious during her pregnancy. I just tuned into her anxiousness and I'd be at work and I'd be like, why am I so anxious? Oh my gosh. And it was always when she was anxious. 
which was interesting. And maybe once or twice in my life for like 10 minutes or something. Super grateful because it's not pleasant. My gosh, it's such an unpleasant feeling. How did you move through it? Why were we, because I haven't had the problem. I just never worried about it. I'm like, this will pass, you know? This too shall pass. All storms pass, right? But I have to say, I mean, there's lots of things here Melissa's got on here, which she'll mention, and I agree with all of them. But I will say, having a laugh with friends is almost unbeatable. Or just laughter in general. Yeah, but friends friend. are different. They get you out of your head. Good or friends. children. I think laughing with kids is Yeah, beautiful. but you can also get anxious about parenting and get guilt and all sorts of things that come up with parenting sometimes. Mm. But friends, with the right friends, you can just have such a good time and be so inspired. But yeah, I know you'll mention nature is huge. Oh, for me, anxiety is definitely something that I have experienced quite often and it's not fun. For anyone who has experienced anxiety will know just how all-consuming and intoxicating it is. I remember the first time I had an anxiety panic attack when I was in high school. I think it was year 11 or maybe year 10 or something like that. And it was full on. I, I couldn't breathe. My heart was racing. I thought I was dying. It was really, really intense. But for me, what has helped my anxiety over the years has definitely been meditation. Absolutely. Number one, like we said before, meditation is good for everything, everything in your life. Nature, being in nature really helps anxiety. Again, sleep. I mentioned sleep before, clean food, clean water, and surrounding yourself with your friends and having a really good laugh. I think they're all amazing, amazing, amazing ways to reduce anxiety. And just on the sleep thing, like if you do experience anxiety, you have to be very careful what input you put into your body and your mind. So if you experience anxiety and then you go and drink four coffees, that is a recipe for severe anxiety. If you experience anxiety and then you go and watch a scary, violent film, again, it's going to contribute to your anxiety. Negative media, all sorts of things. There's lots of things that can contribute to the anxiety. So things like meditation, nature, sleep, food, water, and laughter with friends are all going to reduce anxiety. So do more of those things that reduce anxiety and step away from the things that are going to increase anxiety, like sugar, coffee, violent films, negative media, those sorts of things. Yeah, and in all honesty, like anxiety is something that does still come up for you at times. What would you say are the biggest triggers for that for you? Well, recently it came up and definitely lack of sleep is a recipe for anxiety. Absolutely. You know, being a new mum, I think there was one night where I didn't sleep very well. Uh, it wasn't Bambi. She's, <laughs> she's a dream. <laughs> But I didn't sleep very well. And then the next day, that combined with maybe uh, I didn't spend as much time in nature. Maybe I was tuning in to some negativity on social media or in the media. All of these things. You had a bit of personal stuff going on too that was just on your mind. So yes. you, were, you were replaying it over and over. And yes. And then she woke me up at 2 a.m. And yep. no, it was 1 a.m. And then I didn't get back to sleep until 4. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> it was. Um, just something that happened with a friend that really upset me and was on my mind and I couldn't get it off my mind and it was going round and round. And so what eventually helped me was parking it 
you know, Nick and I have spoken about this. There's a great little technique that I used to do ages ago and Nick reminded me of it. Whenever you've got something on your mind and if you get into bed and it's playing over and over in your mind, you can say, I'm choosing to park this for now. I'm going to have a really beautiful sleep and I can pick that back up in the morning. As soon as I wake up, if I want to pick that back up, I will pick that back up. With a fresh perspective. Yeah. And and usually after you have given yourself permission to park it and had a really good night's sleep, you won't want to pick it back up in the morning or you may have forgotten about it anyway. But give yourself permission to park the thing that you're anxious about and get deep rest because lack of sleep does not help your anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety, really, if you look at it from, say, a Vedic perspective, they'll say it's mainly just coming from imbalance. And that's why Vedic meditation is so powerful because it's all about bringing the nervous system into a deep state of rest, into parasympathetic. And if you're not meditating, you can always just do some breath work. So, for example, before you eat your meal, take three breaths, three seconds in, six seconds out. It changes your state instantly. We take three deep breaths and then say a prayer of gratitude before we eat our meal, and it makes such a big difference. Yeah, I found a really nice way to do it lately where I breathe in and say thank you three times in my head. So thank you, thank you, thank you, breathing in, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Six on the way out. Mm, I love that. So you're just like, it's a way of counting, so you know you're doing a longer exhalation, but you're saying something positive at the same time. Beautiful, I love that. This ties into the next question. How do you start on your health journey without getting super overwhelmed and anxious? We definitely don't want anyone to start on their health journey and feel overwhelmed and anxious. So how can someone who is listening to this that's just beginning on their health journey begin with ease and grace? Just keep it simple. Start small. Keep it simple, yeah. Start small. You know, I mean, I do think that, as we said before, I think diet is a very, very powerful shift that you can make. and that can just start with one meal, right? Just start with changing one meal, you know, and it doesn't have to be hard. Like you can get some berries, some romaine lettuce, some water (laughs) and blend it and you can have yourself a smoothie. Like, you know, it just doesn't have to be complex. So, and I will say as well, and we don't follow this all the time, that's for sure, but we've said this before, the simpler the meal, the better you feel. So keep it really simple. You don't have to get, like you see people on Instagram and doing all these amazing recipes. And it's like, most of that's probably not very healthy anyway, because it's too much stuff. Too much information, too Too much much data. data. (laughs) Yeah, too much data for the body to process. It's like the body goes, what, what, what is all this? What is it? Yes, it's all healthy, but what is it? What are you doing to me? So just strip it back. Well, if you look at the bulk of our meals, like our cooked meals, because we tend to have one mainly raw meal, which is a salad each day. But if you look at our cooked meals, they're super simple. One legume, let's say black beans, one starch, could be sweet potato or it could be quinoa, and one green, Swiss chard or kale or broccoli or something. Like three ingredients on the plate, a bit of lemon juice, maybe some olive oil, and it digests so much better than just about anything else, right? Just keep it simple. Yeah, start small and keep it simple. Okay. What is your favorite biohack or what are your favorite biohacks? Lots of people have said, I want Nick to share all of his biohacking secrets. Well, all of them, we would be here for four days, guys. Four days. But just give us a couple of your favorite off the top of your head. Again, I'll try and keep it really simple. And we will speak about water, I believe, coming up. So I'm going to leave water for now. But water is important, but sweating is important. 
But it is amazing how good you can feel when you have a good sweat. And getting into a very good infrared sauna, whether you have one at home or whether you go out and use one at a gym or somewhere else. But you can also sweat in an Epsom salt bath. Mm. So just run your bath, put some Epsom salts in there, and that's a good way to sweat. So you don't need to have a sauna if you don't have one or don't have access to one. Yeah, Epsom salt baths are amazing. I just don't feel as good coming out of them, personally. As you do out of this. I'm just too hot, usually. Oh, I was so hot this morning. My gosh. (laughs) But if you (laughs) sweat, I think it's one of the most underappreciated tools we have at our disposal is our body's natural ability to cleanse itself. Well, it's the lymphatic system. It needs to be moved. When the lymph is just stuck and stagnant, that's when you get cellulite and things like that. So we need to move our lymph, dry body brushing, jumping on a rebounder, skipping. Sweating it out. Sweating it out. These are all things that really move your lymph. So there's some other biohacks for you. One of the ones that I've really enjoyed and I've spoken about is the use of essential amino acids. As a supplement in my life has been pretty game-changing and we'll link to it in the show notes. It's called Perfect Aminos. Really, really fantastic way of optimizing just about everything in your body actually is the use of that specific amino acid combination. And I'm just going through my mind here like what else I do. There's so many things I do. But if I had to say one, I'd probably say sweat. And if I had to say another one, I'd seriously consider going and doing a good round of colonics. Seriously. Because if I stood up right now, I could suck my belly in. I'll do it actually. Melissa can respond. Ready? What are you ready? doing? So what I did was stand up and suck my belly, my belly button in towards my spine. And if you know like a greyhound, how they look, they've got this tummy that goes right up. It looks like that because I don't have the huge amounts of old poo in my colon. Full, you know that saying, full of shit? <laughs> Unfortunately, most humans are full of shit. And it's it's a real problem because if you don't take the trash out in your kitchen, it starts to stink, right? And that's what's and happening. Ferment. That's what happens in your body. And unfortunately, some people actually smell like feces because it comes out through the lymphatic system, comes out through a leaky gut. So getting your colon, here's a little tip for you. When you lie down on your back in the morning, is your belly button lower than the two ridges of your hips, of your pelvis? If it's not lower, then you're full of shit, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Better mark this episode as explicit. That's a good one, but you've got to find someone who's really good. I don't believe in doing self ones that you use yourself, those machines. I think you need a very good practitioner who can massage and keep you comfortable. Because when you have like a proper, proper release and a liver dump, all these sorts of things, it's really intense and it's good to have support. But I think to get a decent clean, you need at least, at least 10 in close succession. Controversial. I've done about 100 in my lifetime. And maybe for your next birthday or Christmas, you could ask your partner or friends or family to buy them for you for your birthday. Let's face it, it's not super comfortable having a tube stuck up your bum by a stranger and see your poo coming out. It's not? (laughs) It's not like, not amazingly comfortable, but strangely, you get used to it. And sometimes you can feel completely wiped. Other times you can feel light like a daisy. But getting your colon clean, guys, just look into it. Mm. Look into it. It's amazing. It's worth it. Do you guys take supplements? If so, what do you take? We actually shared all of the supplements that we take in episode 423. So go back and listen to that because we won't go into that here. But we do firmly and strongly believe that you should always do testing 
So not just go out and start taking iron and B12 and vitamin D if you don't actually know that you need them. So go and get some bloods done by a holistic doctor and then get them to recommend the supplements for you. See an Ayurvedic doctor or a naturopath or a herbalist or something like that. But don't just go and start taking iron because so-and-so on Instagram said you need to. Do your testing yourself. And we are big believers that you should try and get as much of your nutrients from your food. But you know, there are times like when I was pregnant, I needed to supplement with an iron Mm. as well. Not that my iron wasn't even that low, but uh, my doctor said, it'd be good if you could just supplement a little bit with it. And so I did. And that was based off tests. And that was Stephen Cabral who was guiding you and he knows his stuff. And you know, it was a plant-based whole food iron. So, you know, we're very picky. Look, we are in the middle of a pandemic, so I think it's kind of interesting just to mention a couple of essentials right now, I believe. And if you're not getting a lot of sunshine, vitamin D. It's proven, literally proven, to annihilate viruses. It's proven to make a huge impact on COVID. I mean, that that information is hard to find, but it's there. Do you know what I actually learned recently in my episode last week with Kasif Khan from The DNA Company is that I am actually a slow converter of vitamin D. I've been telling you that for years. Well, people would look at me and go, olive skin, Italian, she's got no vitamin D issues. I actually take a lot longer. I need a lot more exposure to the sun than other people to convert the vitamin D in my body, which is very fascinating. So I am supplementing with a vitamin D at the moment. But that just makes sense though, because we as humans originated from tropical equator climates, right? So we had very, very dark skin. So basically, if you look at, let's say, someone of African descent, black or very, very dark skin, they can be in the sun a lot longer than someone who's very white with orange hair. Now, why is that? It's because in their natural environment, where we all originated from, we were exposed to sun all day long. So if you converted vitamin D super, super fast and you lived in that environment, you'd get actual vitamin D toxicity. doesn't make sense. Evolutionary, right? But then as we moved out of these warmer climates up into Europe, up into snowy areas, covering our bodies with the skins of animals, these sorts of things. We weren't getting any more sun. So what do we do? We lose the pigment and we become way more efficient so that when we do get that five minutes, 10 minutes of sun, our body goes boom and it quickly converts it to vitamin D because without it, we can get very sick. So it makes perfect sense. You're very dark naturally and it means you are slower at converting it, which means you can stay in the sun longer without burning. Whereas I'm also quite dark naturally, my skin color, but not quite the same. And I probably have half the tolerance that you do. So it is, it's actually super logical when you look at it that way. I didn't get to mention one supplement I do think is really important is vitamin C. You can get a lot of vitamin C from your diet, but during pandemics, vitamin D, vitamin C, like if you're going to do two things, just do that. Really, really simple. What are some of the biggest rituals or shifts in optimizing your health and or happiness? We spoke a lot about our rituals, our daily rituals in episode 423, which you can go back and listen to. But some of the daily rituals that have really helped us take our health and our happiness to the next level, and we've mentioned them quite a few times, but I'll just go through them again. Daily meditation, daily time in nature, daily movement, gratitude, having an attitude of gratitude every day. We say what we're grateful for in the morning and we say it over dinner. So we do a gratitude practice twice a day. That is a huge 
way to shift your state very quickly. Also sleep, we've mentioned that so many times, surrounding yourself with inspiring people and doing work that lights you up and that you love. So they're some of the rituals and some of the mindset shifts that have really changed our life. Choosing love instead of fear is one. Adopting an attitude of gratitude. Looking at life like it's a beautiful gift. I know there's some people that have that victim mentality and don't see life as this beautiful gift. And that mindset shift has really helped me. Treating my body like a temple is another mindset shift that has really helped me optimize my health and happiness. Also, remembering that your words and thoughts create your reality. That's a big one. That's a huge one. And another little mantra that really has helped me is remembering that this too shall pass. Like Nick said when we were chatting about anxiety, you know, whenever there is a storm, just remember that it will pass. So there's some of the mindset shifts that have really helped me. Just to add to that, I agree with every single one. You mentioned Life is Beautiful. That film, Life is Beautiful, is one of my all-time favorites, if not my favorite film. It's extraordinary. Italian film. One best everything at the awards that year, created by an effervescent, beautiful Italian man who directed it, wrote it, and acted in it. It's extraordinary. It's a bit old now, but it's about a father and his daughter in, out in concentration camps of all the Nazi concentration camps, and extraordinary. Go and watch it. My gosh, what a film. Another thing, one of your mantras that I love, hun, is what you say at the end of your podcast. Can you say it now? And don't forget today to look up, see the beauty around you, see the beauty within you, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, love yourself, love others, and above all, have a beautiful day. I love you heaps. Here we go. I love that. I love it so much. It changes a little bit here and there, but that's roughly it. (laughs) You probably haven't said it in a while, but yeah, just looking up, looking at life like it's a beautiful gift is a big one. Next question. How do you incorporate essential oils into your daily life? Firstly, we do. We use them every day. Yeah. Our essential oil collection is insane. I got right into it. I got sort of reignited my passion for it recently. And I have oils from about four or five main companies. So doTERRA Young Living, Ahimsa, Essential Oil Wizardry. There's a few different companies because I had to find some really sort of niche ones to do certain things. And what inspired me was actually a book called Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Body. And it really got me excited about making my own custom blends. And so I've been making parasympathetic blend, which is super simple. 25 drops of lime, 12 drops of clove, bit of fractionated coconut oil, MCT oil. And before each meal, rub it behind your ears on the mastoid bone and it stimulates your vagus nerve, which brings you into parasympathetic, helps you digest better. Hello, how freaking cool is that, right? Simple. But there's other ones in there like intestinal blends, lymphatic, liver and gallbladder, circulation, concentration, circadian rhythm, which we have, which you put on your third eye each night. I've been really excited about using those blends, which I made, which has been great. And I also use the iTovi scanner. I sort of brought that out again recently and scan every few days. And it's a little Bluetooth thing that you just scan your body. And it kind of just makes me look at different oils and I use them differently. That's fun. You can go to melissaambrosini.com forward slash itovi and check that out. Yeah, so that's just a few ways. Check out that book. It's got some really cool stuff in it. What is your advice to achieve weight loss in a healthy and loving manner? I really like this question because I think 
Approaching weight loss in a loving way is really important. You know, like we said before, treating your body like a temple, asking yourself as well, why? Why do you want to lose weight? Is it so you can run around with your kids? Is it so you can climb trees with your kids? Like, what is your motivation? I think having a really strong why will help you stay on your path to being healthy and keep your mindset on track. Educating yourself on food and nutrition is a really great way to stay on your path. And again, so de-stressing and meditation and doing whatever you can do to decrease the cortisol in your body. When we have a lot of cortisol in our body, that will prevent us from losing weight. So we want to do whatever we can to de-stress and get rid of the cortisol out of our body. And moving your body in a loving way and drinking clean water and moving your lymphatic system, all of these are great ways to approach weight loss. But I think the biggest thing is coming back to your why and making sure your mindset is in the right place. Adding to that, I would say the colonics would be key to that. It really will accelerate things. Because once you let go of literally the old crap in your body, man, that just moves things along like you would not believe. It's extraordinary. Because when you let go of that stuff, guess what? Our emotions, some of that really toxic stuff, is all held in that feces, in that old concrete hard stuff that we are holding onto. So what will happen a lot of the time when you have a big release on the table doing clonics, memories will come up. Anger, frustration, anxiety, all these things come up as you have releases, and then it's gone, right? What a beautiful gift. It's super amazing. I would definitely look at incorporating very high vibration, high energy, biophoton filled foods. For example, fresh green juice every morning, no fruit in it if you want to lose weight. Amazing. I mean, you can have fruit, maybe just a bit of half a green apple or something if you want to sweeten it. But having that and having a good gap before you eat anything for breakfast, not being afraid of fruit. It's incredibly cleansing if you do it right. Don't eat fruit with other things, right? If you want to lose weight, If you have something in the daytime that's not fruit, then you don't have fruit again that day. For example, let's say you have a green juice for breakfast and, I don't know, some berries and some mango or something for breakfast. And then for lunch, you have a salad and something else. Then you wouldn't have fruit as a snack because it moves through your system so quickly. Fruit first. Fruit first and then leave it there. Another great way of cleansing if you want to get things moving is wake up in the morning have some water and then just wait. Don't have anything else. Wait as long as you can. When you get really hungry, like really hungry, it should be 10, 11, 12, one o'clock, like really hungry, eat a lot of watermelon and you wait and see what happens. It moves through your body so fast. It's got so much biophoton, so much energy. It would just blast through you. There's some little tips for you. Have fun. (laughs) How do I get started on a whole food plant-based diet? So this is kind of similar to the question that we had before about how to get started on my health journey, but getting started on a whole food plant-based diet, I would simply start by just adding more plants to every meal. That's it. Just add one more plant to each meal. Or just make your plate more plant-based. So is your plate half plants? That's one way of looking at it. And of course, leafy greens. So good. You can't go wrong with it, right? If you have a huge bowl of broccoli or a big bowl of kale or collard greens or whatever it is you're having, you just can't go wrong with that stuff. Like it's pretty hard. Yeah, 
definitely. Yeah. Just start there. Susie Cameron has a great book called The OMD Plan. Swap one meal a day to save your health and save the planet. Check that book out. It's a really great place to start. Yeah, and Susie is the wife of James Cameron, who is the director of the Titanic and Terminator and Avatar and all that sort of stuff. I would love to hear about what you guys eat in a day. We did a whole episode on this, episode 423, exactly what we eat in a day. So go and check that out. We also have another question on how we prepare our vegetables. So we love steaming and we share about this in episode 423 as well, but we love steaming. We have a steam oven or you can use just a simple steamer over the stove or you can boil your veggies. You just don't want to crucify them. You want to keep them as alive as possible. If you are going to cook them, steaming has been proven to be the healthiest way. Boiling is next, but you lose a lot in the water, so save the water and drink it later maybe. Yeah, make a veggie broth with it. Mm. What are your thoughts on xanthan gum, guar gum, and locust bean gums? I mean, we try to avoid them, and occasionally we may. Actually, you know what? I had xanthan gum last night. I had some Pana ice cream stick because my parents brought it over. It was my birthday. They bought these Pana ice cream sticks for dessert. And um, Does that have xanthan gum in it? I can pretty much guarantee just about any plant-based ice cream will have guar or xanthan. We try and avoid them as much as possible. So yeah. that's a good tip is just avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. Extremely rarely, rarely. Do you want to talk about what they are? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting process to make xanthan gum. So basically they take glucose or sucrose or lactose, something like that, and they ferment it with a bacteria called, I think it's called Xanthomonas campestris. I don't know how to say it, but anyway, this really complicated process, it gets precipitated or made into a solid by using isopropyl alcohol, and then it's dried out into a fine powder. So it doesn't sound supernatural, right? It doesn't sort of feel like a whole food, but studies have been done on it and certainly seems to be safe up to 15 grams a day, which is a lot. You could never eat that much. And there's even been some benefits found in mice studies for helping with cancer. So, you know, certainly doesn't seem to be bad for us, doesn't seem to be good for us, and it's not a whole food. So it's not something you want to be having all the time, I would think. And you'll find xanthan gum more commonly in gluten-free flours, baked goods, these sorts of things, whereas guar gum is used more in cold things like ice creams to give it that sort of smooth consistency like a stabilizing agent. So that's how they're used. Now, guar gum comes from a bean. So it comes from the guar gum bean, essentially. It's been grown all over the world for centuries and it's used in food and household industrial manufacturing applications. And it's literally a refined, like a processed bean, if you think of it that way. They're really just taking away the husk and milling it into a legume really called guar bean. And they use that in powdered form in a whole bunch of different things. And look, it's definitely a more whole food alternative to xanthan if you look at the way that xanthan is processed. But there are claims that guar gum can cause digestive issues. I mean, I certainly haven't experienced that. I think you'd have to consume quite a bit of it. But, you know, legumes cause issues for various people because of the high fiber content. That doesn't mean they're bad for you. It just means that your microbiome has not adapted yet to consuming foods with such high fiber. So yeah, I mean, look, there's much worse things out there for sure. But the thing is, right, if your friends come over and it's your birthday and they've got some Pana ice cream, if you guys don't know what Pana ice cream is, it's like, (laughs) it's dangerous. It's vegan, organic. 
It's dangerous. Ice cream. It's not. I, I mean, to me, I don't like ice cream. I could definitely live without ice cream for the rest of my life and be okay. I'm not sure about that for me personally. I know. You love ice cream. I'm partial, yeah. <laughs> but um, if I'm in the mood and having fun and other people having some pint of ice cream, I'm like, boom, I'm in. Because <laughs> I think the love and joy I get from that moment is much stronger than any effect of the xanthan. But, you know, just be mindful. Not every day. Let's move on to water. Water is a big one. And we had a few questions on this. Someone asked, where do we get our water distiller from? Because we did share that we distill our water now. This is a recent thing for us, the last six months or so. And I have to link to the actual distiller that we use. We don't buy distilled water because it comes in plastic bottles and distilled water is void of any minerals or anything. So if you put it in plastic, what's it going to do? It's going to leach that plastic into the water. You want to avoid plastic, drinking out of plastic, eating out of plastic as much as possible. And it's interesting. Like I've been working with various practitioners over the years and I'm talking to a few at the moment about mold stuff. I'm still sort of, you know, fine tuning a few things. And they are huge on distilled water and it just keeps coming up over and over again. It's distilled water. And I've read a lot of books about introducing foods to babies and they suggest distilled water or boiled and cooled water for babies. So talk about distilled water. Yeah, it's really simple. Basically, you have a device that essentially boils the water. There's a fan that sucks the steam up and puts it out a spout. So you're just collecting the steam, essentially, condensation. So it's pure. And it's amazing because we have a lot of different filters, (laughs) like a serious setup on our house. And every time I distill five liters, there is sludge in the bottom. right? Even when it's gone through? It's gone through all the filters. All of our filters. So the other thing, what happens is it passes through a carbon, activated carbon filter. And at first I was like, why do you have to do that? If it's distilled, why does it have to go through a carbon filter as well? Shouldn't it just be clean already? It's because things like fluoride, chlorine, they actually, various things in water that volatile organic compounds, they go out as a gas. And what happens is if you pass it through the carbon on the way out, the carbon absorbs the VOCs, which I didn't understand until recently. So if you taste distilled water, it tastes freaking amazing. Like So clean and soft. Our friend Tiff and Nanny, housekeeper, she had distilled water for the first time here. And she's like, oh my God, it tastes amazing. So all I do is I add minerals back into the water. So what minerals do you add in? I'm currently using CT minerals from Cellcor, which is a practitioner range only. But you could also do a pinch of good quality salt or some lemon juice. Yeah, there's lots of different minerals you can see on like iHerb and this sort of stuff. It's not totally necessary either. You can actually wake up and have plain distilled water because it's totally void of minerals. That negative charge is going to actually go through and absorb a lot of crap in your body and take it out of the body. So it's a really, really interesting topic. One of the big things we do is put it into our hydrogen health water bottles and then hydrogenate it. So I think if you want the ultimate, it is distilled water with added hydrogen. That is the ultimate. And we use hydrogen health and you can use the code Melissa to get 20% off all of their amazing products, their water bottles, their bench top, their shower filters, everything. We've got to go. I think baby girl's going to wake up any moment now. I think I just heard a little something. (laughs) Thank you guys for being here and we'll catch you in the next one. Lots of love. Lots of love, guys. I hope you loved this episode and really got a lot out of it. 
And don't worry, Nick and I are going to be doing more episodes together like this. We've got another one coming up, which is all about love, relationships, and self-love, and another one all about career and money. And I will do an episode answering all of your questions around birth, pregnancy, parenting, and all of that goodness. And don't forget to put your questions whenever I ask on Instagram stories, pop your questions there because that is how they will get answered. And if you loved this conversation, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And if you have never left me a review, please, please, please go and do that right now. It would mean the absolute world to me. And when you subscribe to my show, it also means that all of my episodes will pop up in your feed so that you don't have to go searching for them. And come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me what you got from this episode. I absolutely love hearing from you. I love connecting with you and I love hearing what you get from each episode. So please come and share it with me. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, my darling, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Don't forget to head to comparisonitis.com to get your copy of my latest book and all the free goodies that go with it. I cannot wait for you to read it and to hear what you think.